the pace of COVID vaccinations is picking up thanks to max vaccination sites opening. But yesterday's inoculations in the U.S. were still half the number recommended by public health experts. Sharon Yarborough tried to make an appointment over the phone in Pike County, Mississippi. I was currently number 6,161. Then I started trying to call. I would get a voicemail that said, your call did not go through. Please try again. New Jersey has just listed smokers as a high-risk group, allowing them to get early vaccines. The pandemic continues to weigh on the economy. Jobless claims jumped last week to 965,000. Analysts say it's a sign of rising layoffs amid the surge in COVID cases. A former Democratic presidential candidate has announced a new bid for political office. CBS's Lisa Mateo has the details. For mayor of the Big Apple. Let's fight for a future New York City that we can all be proud of. The technology entrepreneur who rose to fame after a Democratic bid for the White House is launching his campaign in Morningside Heights. I came of age, fell in love, and became a father here. But the New York resident is receiving backlash for fleeing the city during the pandemic to his second home upstate. How about some nice juicy worms for breakfast? CBS's Diane King Hall. The European Union's Food Safety Agency has given a green light for the slime creatures to be part of a protein-rich diet. Researchers found that dried yellow mealworms are safe for snacking, either whole or in powder form. S&P futures are up five, Dow futures ahead 98. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Breathe out and repeat after me. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Your bird is eating my candles. Your bird is eating my candles. No, seriously, he's making a mess. No, seriously. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. Heads up, Ulta Beauty's Jumbo Love Event has the best deals for you and your hair. Shop the lowest prices of the season on jumbo-sized shampoos and conditioners from your favorite brands like Redken, Paul Mitchell, and Biolage. No matter your hair type, Ulta Beauty has plenty of products to keep your hair shiny, hydrated, and healthy. Stock up, save, amaze your hair at the Jumbo Love Event. Shop online or in-store now through January 23rd. Ulta Beauty, the possibilities are beautiful. Fewer workers are dying in the mines. There were 29 mining fatalities in the U.S. last year, and the Mine Safety and Health Administration says five of those occurred in coal mines, an all-time low for the industry. Kentucky and West Virginia each had two coal mining deaths in 2020, and there was one in Pennsylvania. The previous low in annual coal deaths was eight in 2016. A century ago, the nation had more than 2,200 coal deaths. There are some 230,000 workers in metal and non-metal mines in the U.S., and 64,000 work in coal mines. Jennifer Kuiper, CBS News. An update for Jeff Bridges fans. I'm the dude. In a new post on his website, the Big Lebowski star says a new CAT scan shows cancer treatment is working beautifully. He says his tumor is shrinking drastically. The 71-year-old announced his lymphoma diagnosis in October. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. 
Cindy and her husband felt stuck paying annual fees on their timeshare. But what could they do? They tried to sell it, but no results. No results at all. Then they called Newton Group, and that's when things really started to happen. We got a call within days. We never felt like they forgot us because we would get updates along the way. Before long, they were free and clear. We signed up with Newton Group in August, and it was a done deal by January. And how's Cindy now? We're very happy with Newton Group. It was a very, very uh, positive experience for us, and we highly recommend them. And we are looking forward to not having to pay the $1,500 a year. Do what Cindy did. Call Newton Group for your free consultation and free consumer's guide to timeshare exit. Call 800-500-1987. That's 800-500-1987. Newton Group has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, so call them at 800-500-1987 or visit newtonexit.com today. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Car. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars. That's Auto Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 cars. on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars. Cars, cars. Since 1972, Dan and Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Dan and Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan and Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan and Electric, 740-593-8813. Ohio University Credit Union wants to know, what would you do with an extra $300? 100 latte stat. These reports aren't going to write themselves, you know. Ooh, a smart TV for my new man cave. Because I'm tired of my friends making fun of me for the old one I got. However you choose to spend it, OUCU is giving you up to $300 back when you refinance your car, recreational vehicle, personal, or business loan. Plus, you'll get our super low interest rates and no application fee. Just visit OUCU.org slash wintercash and apply today. OUCU is open to anyone who lives, works, worships, or attends school in Athens, Fairfield, Hawking, Meigs, Morgan, Perry, Vinton, and Washington counties. OUCU. You've heard the name. Now join the movement. Apply now at OUCU.org slash wintercash. That's OUCU.org slash wintercash and get up to $300 back. Subject to credit approval. New loans refinanced from another institution only. Real estate loans excluded. Cashback rebate is 1.50% of loan amount up to $300 maximum. Offer expires February 28, 2021. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM.
once again, glorious sunshine booming through our windows. We had to throttle it down with the blinds. But it's such a pleasure to see that sunshine. Headed up to 46 degrees today. It's at 33 right now. Hey, we got a special edition today. Remember teaching our kids how to drive? Well, one of my neighbors is uh, a retired, uh, uh, what would you call it, uh, driver's ed teacher. And I said, you know, I bet you've got a bunch of interesting stories. Let's, let's, let's do a show. And she said, sure, be happy to. So joining us this morning live is uh, Barb Stanley. Good morning, Barb. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, and um, it's great to have you on the air. Listen, um, you you um, you know we have to know something about the person that we're talking <laughs> to. So, um, where 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 were you raised? New York State. Yeah, in what part? Um, uh, Finger Lakes area, Rochester. Okay. Um, in between the two, my grandfather had bought a piece of property there the year I was born, and um, I think it's still in the family. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, somewhere along the way, uh, your your uh, your life took you to Columbia, Maryland, which is a very unique city. It's a wonderful city, and I know you know a little bit about it. It is just it's a a new town, is what they call it. It, it was planned like in the seventies and eighties. Right. And very nice place. And uh, what what was his name? Rouse. We got Jim Rouse. Jim yep. Rouse. Yes. Yeah. He had this idea of a utopian city. Right. And um, Columbia was the first effort at that, although he did a lot of other things, too. He was a planner and a developer. Right. And so, like, um, if you go to oh, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, what's called, what do they call that, waterfront there? The Inner Harbor. Inner Harbor, that's Inner right. Inner Harbor, right. And then Toledo, Ohio, there, that area there on the lake. It's all developed. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, mercy, there's a bunch of different places. I'm just having trouble recalling them at the moment. But anyway, uh, but this was one of his dreams, this utopian city, right? Right. And he bought up a lot of farmland without telling the farmers what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he plopped a city kind of in the middle of nowhere between Washington and Baltimore. And uh, it, most of it has worked fairly well. He wanted people to live together, people who had money, people who didn't have money, people who were white, people who were non-white, mm -hmm. people who were um, of one religion and another religion, and it really, the, the idea was wonderful. Now, you know, my knowledge of it is that my, my wife, Pat, mm -hmm. lived there 22 years uh, with her first husband, and... Um, and then a few years uh, when she was uh, no longer married to him, and that's what, as I got to get to know her again, because we had, we went way back. But um, I was working in Washington a lot, and Columbia's just up the road a little piece. So um, I, I thought Columbia was pretty cool. Well, listen, so, so uh, you know, tell me about um, what, what, what career-wise have you done? Like, what did you do over there in Columbia? I was a stay-at-home mom, okay. and it was 
fabulous. I did some substitute teaching because teaching is, is really, it, that's my gift, and I've known that my whole life. So I, I was enjoying being the mom of three kids and uh, giving them the best experience in Columbia that I could. And uh, one of these areas in which you taught was that of driver's ed? No, driver's ed came about because all of a sudden I was thrown out of that wonderful position and needed to find a way to support myself. And in your 50s, that's a little bit tough. So you, I, Although I tried to get into the school system, that wasn't going to work. So eventually I landed in driver's ed, and it was a perfect fit. Now, driver's ed, are we talking about something through, like, the AAA, or are we, or are we talking about something through a school district, or, or what? So it, each state has its own methods of doing it, and I've not totally figured out the Ohio one, although AAA apparently does it here. So like AAA, in Maryland, it's run by different schools. So I worked for the largest driver's education school in Maryland. They had, um, they had classes pretty much all over the state. And what they would do um, is I would teach in the school, but not for the school. So my, my particular um, classroom was in one of the high schools, and I was there literally for eight years. So I taught in the classroom after school for a company. I see. And the students purchased the time in the classroom with that company. Well, um, you must have a lot of stories. (laughs) (laughs) And some of them probably pleasant and others uh, humorous and others maybe some unpleasant ones as well. But um, so, you know, in getting to know you personally, uh, I've gathered... You really dug this job, right? It was wonderful. Oh, it was. It, it, there, I mean, I as as hard as the situation was that got me into it, I would have hated to have missed this. Working with students, working with teenagers, helping them. Like there were a lot of psychology sessions going on in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just I adored it. I adored the kids. They liked me. I I connected with them, and I did figure out how to teach them how to drive. So it was, it was good all the way around. Now, you and I have gone a few places with a, a neighbor or two, and uh, you may be sitting right behind me. And, and, you know, I have a certain sensation that you're being critical of everything I do. You know, the, the hair on the back of my neck starts to <laughs> get a little fuzzy or something, and I think, maybe I didn't do that real well. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But, no, uh, I'm not, I don't. I'm not judging yeah, at all. That, uh-huh. that, that is that is your your idea, and I don't. You know, I understand. You know, if a cop's sitting at the at the stop sign, you want to make sure you stop completely. So yeah. I I get the idea, but nah. And I and I have in the last six months been uh, stopped by a highway patrolman saying you did not come to a full stop before you turned oh onto that street. Y- yeah. Oh no. But um, anyway, but well, mercy, we, we there, wasn't a, there wasn't another car around. <laughs> anyway. Well, we so, can talk about what a full stop looks like because most people don't know, or, or they've forgotten what to do. And this is one of the things that I would teach in class because you don't want to be picked up by a policeman for not coming to a full stop. And as adults, we get lazy. Mm. And, and lazy driving 
if there's no one around, that's one thing, but you keep doing it, and then if you're driving around people, bad things can happen really fast. Now, if I were riding in a car with you, would I notice mm -hmm. that you do it differently than I do? I can drive like a lazy adult. I know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm good. So a complete stop is you stop with your tires behind the white line. Some people think it's the front of the car. And actually in Ohio, I'm not sure if there's a difference. But your tires have to be behind the white line. So you Mm -hmm. put your foot on the brake and your car has to stop. Some people would say stop and count to three. That actually doesn't work. What you want to do is come to a complete stop, and the car does this little jerk back. Yes, that's what I use. That's the complete stop. Without that jerk back, you haven't done it. Okay. Okay. And the other thing is, uh, I'm amazed how many people um, get past that white line. And, you know, we have many sensors in the road, Mm -hmm. which causes the light to recognize that someone's waiting, and now I should change. Um, and, and allow them to move. Well, if you're not sitting on the sensor, uh, it's irritating, right? Oh, yeah. I've got a couple around me here in the neighborhood that I know. You know, you need to move up. But if you've stopped completely behind the white line, done the little jerk back, and you know that sensor is too far forward to, to be um, set off where you stop, it is legal, perfectly legal, once you've stopped completely, to move forward. Drift up a little. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you would, if you were at a place where you couldn't see to the left, because cars parked there or something else, you want the ability to see. So you stop and stop completely behind the white line, and then you can move forward. Well, let's see here. It's uh, I've gotten a little ahead of myself. So, um, in teaching youngsters. And we're talking, obviously, uh, let's see, in Maryland, are you allowed to start before the age of 16? You can get your learner's permit at 15 and three quarters. Okay. And here in Ohio, what is it? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. Well, in any case, uh, once they get that learner's permit, uh, who is often the the first person to help them out? (laughs) Mom or dad. Yeah. Now... (laughs) Without telling stories, uh, I have some grandchildren, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I took uh, one of them uh, to drive a number of times. And um, the place we started, and in reading up for this show, I found out what I did was very common and a good idea. Yes. And that is uh, to, like, some mall parking lot. And um, we just drive around the least part, the least busy part of the, the mall parking areas. And I may say, okay, now take a left up there or take a right and uh, pretend it's a regular intersection. So, I, in other words, I'm expecting them to use the turn signals and full stops and everything. And then, or to park over there. And um, the, the, as I've been reading all the materials about teaching driving particularly on the part of parents or relatives uh, they say that's a great idea it is a marvelous idea if i had someone that had never driven before that's exactly what i would do the one problem with a parking lot is it can be too small 
in order to get the car down the road, you can't look directly in front of the car. You have to look farther out. Mm-hmm. Now, as a lazy adult driver, you don't even think about that, and you certainly don't have the words as a parent to give it to the child. So a parking lot is good, but you need to be looking almost beyond the edge of the parking lot in order to get the car to go where you want it. So looking farther ahead is the only thing you miss by being in the parking lot. But otherwise, turning the car left, turning the car right, figuring out how the brake works, using only one foot and not two feet, um, one foot both for the gas and for the brake. Those are important things to learn in a parking lot. The car that I learned to uh, drive in was a Chevy Impala. One okay. of the big ones. Well, it was, it wasn't small. No, they were boats back then. Yes, they were uh, huge. Now you're dating me, and that's not. <laughs> no, I'm talking about in the '60s. It wasn't that old. They were huge. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Compared compared to the Impalas now, they were huge. Okay, so anyway, um, but it was an automatic, right? Right. Now, did you, as a teacher, ever teach? Um, standard transmission? I did not. I tried to teach my youngest how to do that, and um, we ended up trying to take a, a sample out of a tree with a <laughs> tailpipe. And so uh, that, was, that was the end of trying to teach. I immediately went and bought an automatic for her. So. Mm-hmm. It's not... Well, and, and people here, they have the motorcycles. I think Scott talked about driving a motorcycle or a four-wheeler or something that shifts. Mm-hmm. So if you've, if you've got that experience as a kid with something else, then going to a car and learning standard is you're way ahead of the game. I think Scott talked about that yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. Let's, let's, let me get back by my papers here. So I got a bunch of stuff from the Wall Street Journal, right? So they say, uh, teaching tips, do have teens practice on progressively harder roads from quiet streets to busy highways. So you take them step by step into more difficult situations, right? Right. It says uh, practice at night and in rain or snow. Later, not at first. No, 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 not at first, but eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Do coach teens to avoid glancing away from the road for more than not more than two seconds. Don't bring up sticky issues while your teen is driving, such as poor grades. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can get that one. Good idea. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. How do you... So one, one thing on taking your eyes off the road. Yeah. Where your eyes are looking is where your car's going to go. Right. So if you're driving down the road and you're worried about hitting a mailbox and you stare at that mailbox instead of at the road far ahead, you're going to hit that mailbox. Mm-hmm. But, and, but uh, I want to know what I'm going by and also what I'm avoiding. So, I mean, no, those it, glances are important to me. It depends on how long they are. That's what the article oh, says. Yeah. But if you're looking at it... That where you're looking is where you're driving. Okay. So if you look at the mailbox, guaranteed you're going to hit it. You'll be taking your mirror off, which I have hap- had happen with students in the car. <laughs> now, one of my uh, grandkids is, um, uh, I think it would be safe to say she's scared to drive. Right, and I, I can give you words 
that help her sort of get over that. Because from what I saw during my eight years, someone who says that is looking too close to the car. She needs to look farther ahead. Now, um, there's uh, two terms that I came across in preparing for this show. The hope, the, the hope-phobia, V-ho-phobia. Hope, Have you had that one? I don't know. Like, scared of vehicles? Yes. Okay. Well, again, if you're scared, like you're driving down a two-lane road, some of the back roads here in Ohio, which are wonderful to learn how to drive on, you're looking ahead and there's a car coming at you, okay? And if you're afraid of that vehicle, where are you going to look? At the vehicle. If you look at the vehicle, where's your car going to go? At it. Towards the vehicle. Right. So I got to the point where I could tell when a kid glanced at a car because I could see their, their hands turned towards the car in the other lane. Mm-hmm. Well, here they say a vehophobia mm-hmm. is the fear of driving. You might suffer from it due to a recent car accident or if you've been a victim of road rage or maybe just never felt safe in cars. Whatever the reason, vehophobia. Okay. It can range from mild anxiety while driving to crippling fear of getting behind the wheel. Now, there's absolutely an, real thing. There's yeah. another if one you... called dystichophobia. D y s t y, chip phobia. Okay. Is the excessive fear of having an accident. This, right. This oh. phobia is often seen in a person who has been in a serious or near-fatal accident in the past. Some feel only a mild case of nerves, while others are virtually paralyzed by their fear. Yeah. Being in an accident is a, is a very tough situation, and um, if someone has been or they, they know someone who has been, they are scared, and I don't blame them one bit. You're driving down the road between 40 and 60 miles an hour, and if you get in an accident, that's hard on the car and it's hard on you. So, absolutely. But, again, if you are worried about an accident and you look at something that you don't want to hit, you are going to hit it. So you practice looking down the middle of your lane, way far ahead, and your peripheral vision is actually set that if there's a car coming from the side, you don't have to be looking at it. Your peripheral vision will let you know that it's coming. So if you trust your peripheral vision and you look far ahead, some of that fear can go down. Okay, so now let me just rattle off a number of things that I copied off of various things last night. Uh, let's see here. Understand the fear to detect the origin. Slowly increase familiarity with the idea of driving. Decrease anxiety through practice, reinforcement, and small milestones. Manage stress before, during, and after driving practice. <laughs> That's hard. Work with hard. a driving school, which is someone like you. Mm-hmm. If all else fails, consult a counselor who specializes in phobias. Now, next one. Uh, six ways to teach a scared teenager to drive. Parent samurai. Um... Build skills slowly. No yelling. <laughs> Breathe. That was, 
<laughs> Here's how to teach a teenager to drive. Start in an empty parking lot and build skills gradually. Well, we've talked yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Practice often. Two or more teachers are better than one. So if Grandpa did it the whole time, that wouldn't be good. If Dad did it all the time, it wouldn't be good. You need to have a mixture because everybody will treat it a little bit differently. They all have different skills. Someone will be able to use the words, look far ahead. Someone will be able to use the words, remember to use your turn signal. Everybody has different things that they do. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. Keep emotions in check. <laughs> There's nothing like being a parent having a 15 or 16 year old drive down the road with your 20 to 50 thousand dollar car and expect them not to hit something and not be nervous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, number five leads to expect oops moments. Right. Okay. Um, let's see here. Another point or two. Uh, says, of course, adjust the vehicle so that the driver is comfortable. Do not overthink the situation. Calm your nerves. Rid yourself of distractions. And here we have, of course, the blasted cell phones and the radios. <laughs> okay. you know, all that so, stuff. I'd like to talk about the radio for just a minute. Okay, be because careful. Because there now. are different reasons for radios. And, and I did this for a long time, and figured out a lot of things that kids were doing and kids need. Most parents say, don't use the radio. And we were not supposed to use the radio in the car. For a lot of kids, that is absolutely fine. And then there's a whole group of kids, and most of them have been identified in the schools as being ADD. And I could, I could tell within a couple minutes, and my question would be to these kids that I suspected were, I said, do you use the radio or music when you study? And if the answer was yes, I turned the radio on in the car. Hmm. So for whatever reason, this group, um, generally I found they had trouble sleeping. And so when they got in a car or any place where they had to sit still and concentrate, they had to try hard not to fall asleep. And so, so for some students driving, the radio is actually a necessity. Wow. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Adjust the vehicle so you're comfortable. Do not overthink the situation. Calm your nerves. Rid yourself of distractions. Stay on familiar roads for the, fir- the first time you drive. Yes. Stay away from interstates and major highways. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Here's another bunch. Go back to the basics. Most of us get too comfortable as we get older on the wheels. Ditch distractions and don't just fix your eyes forward. Set your mirrors right. Stay away from high beams. Oh, Oh, high beams are incredibly dangerous. What are they getting so if, at? If, I'm sorry? What, what, explain that one to us. All right. So if you are um, driving down the road at night and mm-hmm. a car is passing you mm-hmm. and they, like, like, let's say you left your high beams on. Yep. Okay. You are blinding them for up to a minute. If they flash their high beams at you, 
Now two cars are driving down the road virtually blind for up to a minute. Okay. Um, I, I do use my high beams, but as soon as I see the glare coming over a hill or in the distance of somebody coming at me, I dump them. Absolutely. That's what you need to do. People forget they're on, especially out here if you're on one of the back roads and there's nobody there, and then all of a sudden there's somebody there. You forget you had your high beams on. Not me. Yeah, my high beams are really good. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's very definitely different than regular. Anyway. I get it, though. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? Um, don't keep a close range. Take another driving course. Take safety seriously and know how to merge lanes. Well, some of this is repetition here. Well, and it's, it's, it's all through the course of learning how to drive. One of the things I would start with is I would tell these young students, it's not about you. Driving isn't about you. You are not the center of this. It's about you and everyone else. You get in that car, and now you've got the keys to kill someone you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why safety and, and knowing what to do and trying hard not to make them nervous, which is very difficult, um, is, is important. Well, let's see here. Um, a couple of things I pulled here. Um, so this is question and answer sort of thing. When driving through fog, what should you use? Low beams. So what the high beams do? No, 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 no. no. This, oh. the, the, okay, they. This is a joke. Oh, okay. My bad. You're this is a serious question, so I took this one. Okay. When driving through fog, what should you use? Your steering wheel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, here's another one. Who, who has the right of way when four cars approach a four-way stop at the same time? And the answer in this case is the pickup truck with the gun rack and bumper sticker saying, guns don't kill people, I do. Absolutely. He totally is the, is the correct one. Yeah. Yep. The well, Yahoo is going to go first. Yep. But uh, anyway... Uh, I did have a situation where we had a four-way stop recently, and all four arrived at the same time. How do you figure it out? Well, the idea is if you arrive at a stop sign, the first person that gets there goes first. But if they all arrive at the same time? If they all arrive at the same time, which almost never happens. It happened to me uh, within a month ago. It is the guy with the gun rack. (laughs) <laughs> it's whoever the Yahoo, whoever the Yahoo is that's going to go first, and you, and basically let them go. You can signal to them. That's you what can I flash do. Your lights. You can wave your hands. You can be the decent person, yeah. or you can be the guy with the gun rack. So no. all four at the very same time. Figure it out. And, and that's what I've done is I'll I'll go you know start waving to somebody going. Mm-hmm. And, now, the uh, problem with waving them on is if you have a busy four-way intersection mm-hmm. and everybody's arrived and they know who arrived first and say it was you, so they're all expecting you to go, and then they know what order to go in and you wave someone else on, you've confused the whole situation. So if it's two of you, yeah, go ahead and be nice. If it's four, know whose turn it is and let them go. Now, I've teased you about being in the car with me and, and feeling like I was under um, um, scrutiny. Um, do you find yourself actually doing that? 
looking at other drivers? Yeah. I can't say I've ridden with that many. Well, I've ridden with you. I've ridden with my son. My son would say I would, yeah. Okay, <laughs> now, when you drive, do you find yourself really being critical of what you do? In a, if I, in a more, if, you know, a more obvious manner because of your background. I'm careful mm-hmm. because I know you can get into trouble. I also can be a lazy adult driver. And when I am that lazy adult driver, the first thing I do is look around and see, did a cop see me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I try. Um, you know, I'm just curious if... Um, what, you know, in your lifetime, uh, what are some other things you might like to have um, tried out in terms of careers? Mm. I studied kind of to be a geologist and couldn't find um, a place I wanted to be. And I did get my teaching certificate, which that probably would have been the one if I had decided that's what I wanted to do, I'm, I might have liked. When I got out of college with my teaching certificate, they weren't hiring teachers for like three years. So I went off and did something else. Um, Where did you go to school, by the way? I went to, um, so I grew up in Webster, New York. Mm-hmm. Went from there to Michigan, to Holland, Michigan. I went to something called Hope College. Oh, I Graduated. Know. Yeah. Hmm? Yep. Right. That's when I, my teaching certificate would not be good for another three years, so I went to graduate school at the University of Kansas. Kansas, and, and that was in geology? Yes, remote sensing. It was, it was basically aerial photography, which was kind of fun. Well, I would think so. And yeah. did you have a chance to explore that as a career? Yes, I did. I went from there to this is when we moved to near the to moved to what to Columbia near Washington D.C. and I worked for the CIA doing aerial photography things. Yeah, which was always fun. So you're sitting there teaching the kids, and I would just kind of throw it on the floor. And when I worked for the CIA, and you could see who was paying attention and who was not. Oh yeah, because their mouths literally dropped. Did you carry a gun, Miss Barb? Well, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of street cred out of that one. I, we could compare stories on that. <laughs> so, um, you know, isn't it amazing how quickly kids do learn how to drive a car, and yet they're unable to do the lawnmower or the dishwasher or the vacuum cleaner, you know? It's called a prefrontal cortex. You have a part of your brain that until you're 25 isn't closed and you do stupid things. You really can't think about other people and you can't think about responsibility. That's why I just, I kind of hate that we let 16-year-olds drive because they're really not ready. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you've got to expect this. This is what they do. They, they can only think about themselves. And that's, that's part of psychology. That's, that, that's true. What have I failed to bring out? Um, for driving? Um, sure. Yeah. So there are, there's different concepts out there about, one of them is, is where you look, far enough ahead. Another one is hand placement on the steering wheel. That, is a, that has been a big issue. 
So you and I and Scott, we all learned 10 and 2 to hold the steering wheel, right? Yeah. Originally, that's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Have you heard that that's changed? No. Okay. What do they say it now? Actually, it, it actually has. So 10 and 2, so these kids only, they, they don't know how to read clocks. So they don't even know what 10 and 2 is. So you're starting to start back with, look at the clock, look where 10 is, look where 2 is. And they hold it there, which was the best control over the steering wheel. It's also very tiring. And then that idea was put out before airbags were put in cars. Once you put an airbag in a car, you do 10 and 2, and you are now more likely to get injured by that airbag. I used to say it would break your thumbs off, but I'm not sure that's exactly correct. So 10 and 2, tiring, and is no longer as safe as it was um, before airbags. So for a while, and probably people who are in their, I don't know, 20s and 30s may have learned 8 and 4. So kind of the opposite at the bottom of the steering wheel of 10 and 2, which is totally awkward I was supposed to teach it for a while, and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't drive this way. I can't do anything. So kind of now, the idea is if you hold the steering wheel at 9 and 3 and keep your thumb up, you have, con and this is actually the way race car drivers hold the steering wheel. If you keep your thumb up, you're less likely to get injured, and you can control that car. And it's a lot less tiring than 10 and 2. Oh. I think I use a combination of things depending on the situation. And, and but, but, but least likely, probably ten and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. If I'm uh, on a long haul I'm on um, a highway, I'm down there at the uh, what'd you call it? Eight and four. Okay. Um. You know, well, anyway, that's interesting. So it's changed over the years. It has, right, because cars have changed. And, and driving is, is a constant change. I mean, you, you didn't need to look <clears throat> so far ahead before we had highways. Mm -hmm. You could look a little closer. But once you get a highway, you want to be looking as far ahead as you can because things are coming at you so fast you've got to know what's coming. And do you have any um, opinions about... Um a shift versus automatic, or um, um, uh, what about uh, cruise control? Uh, I would tell the kids not to use cruise control. Okay. Because they're 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 basically young drivers, and if you're using cruise control and you fall asleep, which driving is driving's boring. Oh my goodness! You, I mean, it's so easy to to get in trouble because you just fell asleep. So without cruise control, if you fall asleep. Your foot falls off the gas, and you might be okay hitting the tree at 10 miles an hour. But if you're on cruise control and you fall asleep, you're going to hit that tree at 60 miles an hour. And that, that's like falling off a 10-story building. Hmm. That's deadly. Folks, in case you just tuned in, uh, we're learning about teaching youngsters, and for that matter, anybody, how to drive. And um, Barb Stanley, um, a friend and, and actual neighbor, uh, did this for some years, many years, over in Maryland, and uh, moved to Athens about a year ago, and um, um, and I, again, I hate to repeat a story, but 
if we go to some restaurant, you and a neighbor or two, and we and I'm driving. I, <laughs> she's sitting right behind me, Scott. <laughs> and you know how watching your every move. The, 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 the hairs on the back of your neck. I, she just told you she doesn't do that. So. I'm talking to Grace. I'm not worried. <laughs> well, there was one. Or I did kind Poor of. Dave. He's, Dave. Maybe we were a little, a little fast. He's paranoid, isn't he, Barb? He oh, is. Goodness. He is, yeah. So if he was a kid <laughs> and I heard something like that, you know, heard scared of what I was going to say, I'd say, yeah. you have an angry parent, don't you? <laughs> and, I mean, I could I could pick off kids for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, angry yeah. parent was my favorite. Or maybe not. <laughs> I never really had good. an angry parent. I, See, they, my well, parents okay. were awesome. Mm-hmm. Dave, you can be okay. so relaxed and easy now, knowing that she's not picking right. picking you apart while you drive. If you turn mm-hmm. on your you know what, what I want to do? Or, I'm going to make her drive sometime, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to pick her all apart. Yeah, I want to know what happens if you if she's in the car and you all end up at a four way stop at the same time. I want to know how that happens. Uh, without well, my there's not enough results. cars here to be to be a bother. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> Really, I've been at four-way yeah. stops where they're lined up five deep in each yeah. direction. Then you got to know what to do. Yeah. I just make, I try to make eye contact with the other drivers, yeah. too. To, communication. Yeah. yeah. Any kind of communication. Eye contact's good. Yeah, all kinds of things. And really, that's what you want to do. If the other driver's there. You have to be aware that he's there. It's not just you on the road. Yeah, I, I have something else, too, Barb, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When you were talking about uh, looking at a, a mailbox ahead, up ahead, mm-hmm. you may steer into it. How about those uh, signs? Say, say like the one on the ones on East State Street that that flash digital numbers that say <laughs> your speed is. Going too fast. What do people naturally do when they see those? I, I read it the whole time. They I look at the them. Sign. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The signs are a distraction. Yes. But again, if you use your peripheral vision, you can still see that it's flashing at you. Yeah. You may not be able to actually read it, but if you look at it, you're you're bound to take it out. Luckily, most of them are only <laughs> going like 35 instead of the 25, so they're not going to do a whole lot of damage. Yeah, but uh, you, uh, I guess you look at it and you think, well, what's my number when I go up through here? <laughs> oh, cool. I'm at 24. Well, I'm good. I have a good friend who. Um, <laughs> You know, the city has put in some of these rubber um, speed bumps right. here and there. And a very close friend of mine wrote a letter to the editor saying he could get up to 45 miles per hour in between <laughs> each of them. Oh, no, and your car bottoms out and you've got to pay for whatever you hit on the No, he's saying... No, no, no. No, 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 no. His point was he could get up to that speed before he had to slow down to... You see what I mean? It was a uh, yeah. joke. He meant it as a yeah. joke. Yeah. He was getting ready to launch. Mm. Yeah. From I had a student that, that used to drive um, up some back roads with big curves, and she came and told me that she could get on these curves going 55 miles an hour and still take it around. Well, the reason she was coming back to me was she got a ticket for doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another class that I taught with driver's <clears throat> improvement, so people who got tickets, repeatedly would come to driver's improvement and i'd remind them that it's not about you it's about you and everybody else so beside driver's ed if somebody wanted to um, learn something from barb stanley what what might you be able to 
contribute? Um, about driving? No. Oh, from me? Yeah. I don't know. You, cool. you said geology. Yeah. Um, Been a while. Yeah. In, in personal hobbies? Uh, gardening, okay. which is why I live where I live. I used to sew a lot. I've made several quilts. Um, I just Any kind of craft thing mm-hmm. I, I have enjoyed in the past. It was tough during those years I was working to do those things, but I was looking forward to getting back some of that when I moved here. Sure, good. Well, listen, I appreciate you uh, giving us some tips about what it was like to teach driver's ed. I have one more, and it kind of, it goes back. Scott, you told the story, I think yesterday, of being in the the car when someone, when another student was driving, and she she was going too fast. Yeah, he panicked, and and the foot went down on the gas pedal. Yes. Right. So my guess is, I don't know for sure, my guess is that student was using one foot for the gas and the other for the brake. Oh. I, and, uh, I don't think so. I think the driver's ed instructor had his foot on the brake. Yes. <laughs> oh, those brakes are wonderful. Yeah. Do, do you uh, remember the cars, how they used to equip them with a brake on the uh, passenger side? Oh, uh, that's what I drove every day in driver's okay, ed, a car yeah. with a brake. on. The, I would not get in a car with a student without that brake. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> For the, the last thing I want to say is when you drive, you only use one foot. You yes. use your right foot for the gas and your right foot for the brake. Because if you don't, if you use your right and left and you panic, you'll put them both down. And that's why you only use one. And that's when you need to start thinking about buying new tires. <laughs> yeah. If you burn off the tread. <laughs> yep. Yep. Or the brake. Yep. Yes. Well, yeah. neighbor Barb, thanks for joining us and yeah, giving our uh, our um, listeners some interesting yeah. points. Enjoyed it. And, okay. Uh, we'll see you later. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Barb. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, one, one other thing, too. Have you ever had someone come at you with, like, uh, you're on a uh, two-lane road and they've only got one headlight? Yeah. You know, what, you know how far over are they? Or which headlight is it? Is it the driver's side or the passenger side? So we were always taught in a driver's ed class to make sure to keep one car width between you and that light, even if you had to get off the side of the road just a little bit, just in case that one headlight was on the passenger side coming at you. Mm-hmm. But... I've always remembered that, and I don't know why. I remember things from years ago, and I'm not sure why, but that was one thing I remember. Right. Well, there's, um, there goes my, there's uh, many things that um, ouch. <laughs> there's yeah. many things that we can learn. Oh, in, yeah. And Okay, phone, stop. Chewbacca, settle down over yeah, there. Yeah. I uh, remember doing driving instruction, too, coming down. What's the big hill up here above um, uh, where the Devil's Kettle is, I think it is? Is that is that Terrace Drive up through there, the big hill off of uh, Columbus Road here? 
Well, anyway, we had to come down that big hill. Oh, terrace. Yeah, okay. Is right. that it? Yeah. Okay, we had to <laughs> come down the big hill. And before we proceeded to go down the hill, we were told by our teacher, we're going down this hill and you cannot use your brake. And I, and I went, what? No, you cannot use the brake. That's how they taught us how to use the emergency brake, to hold out the lever and pump the emergency brake like that. But when it was first presented, we're going down this hill with no brakes. Okay. Wow. How do we stop? <laughs> but that's first how... house I lived in, uh, we, we in learned Athens to use that. was on Patton Street, which is... Oh, yes. Kind of behind where Kindred Market is now. And uh, so that was my normal route every day over that hill. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, often three or four times a day. But um, anyway. All right. Well, let's see here. Yeah, I, I can't stuff. believe we're actually going to play Art Turf today. Oh, but, um, <clears throat> you know, his teams have been having a devil of a time. Yes, so um, And to follow what a good party line it was, well. Wow. Let's uh, wait a minute. We do I thought we had a call for a minute. All right. Well, um, our turf well here comes. Here comes. Let's, let's see. Let's do this first. Good morning. Good morning. I really enjoyed today's show. What a delightful person Barb is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is not she? You can just see it in her voice and her attitude and her way. She must have been an excellent teacher. No, it would have been nice to have her as a trainer. I, I wish you guys would let us call in while... But I know you can't because of the phone system. But it would. I'm well, trying no, we to can. Oh, wait a minute. No, if we take, not right now, we can't because we're usually using a line for the guest. Okay, since rather than having the guest come into the studios. Right. Um. I even tried your one eight eight number. They both say the mailbox is full. Okay. But well, anyway. If, if I had a chance to get through, I would have wanted to ask a question. Which was? That I have a phobia of driving up through Columbus. You get in the middle lane of the 270, and how do you get back over into the right lane when you have to eventually turn off? You know, cars just come zooming by. They don't seem to let you in. I wondered what kind of advice she would have given us as to how to maneuver. Well, uh, that your place. turn signal and aggressive acceleration and stuff like that just mirrors what mirrors of course use oh, your right. mirrors i know yeah. in other words you just gotta gas it and go over and yeah if if, someone, if comes. someone is um um <laughs> uh, sometimes what is it reluctant they're not going to get there right okay I wonder what kind of phobia that's fear of driving into big cities <laughs> that's, what yeah. I, that's what i have okay oh, it was a great show today and oh man i'm glad she's our neighbor okay bye-bye bye-bye 970 w-a-t-h now what i am e-b-g and it's tech two four six eight who do we appreciate oysters oysters Coach Turf, we start the second half of your football season with a home game coming up this week and a game that is a conference ball game. 
Well, that's right. You know what it is. The start of the second half of the season kind of makes you wonder where the first half went to. You know, you're having so much fun coaching, playing football. We've been playing some fine ball games this year, but it is the start of the second half of the season. We are getting ready for our race for the conference championship. We're getting ready to go into the conference ball game coming up. And that's right. This is the first ball game of our conference race that uh, we're looking forward to playing this week. The opponent is Double Dakota Tech, I understand. That's right, DDT, and we're looking forward to playing them, boys. You know, they still, uh, they're a brand new program in the conference, uh, but they're still getting the bugs worked out of their program. Are they in uh, North Dakota or South Dakota, Coach? Well, that's right. Uh, they, they are in North Dakota and South Dakota. Coach, they won't have that problem this week because we'll be playing right here at home at Half Shell Stadium. But let's recognize that trombone player, right? Listen and you'll know what I mean. Listening again, sports fans. That's not yet. Let's do this. Well, Coach Turf, we haven't heard much from your scouts, uh, Coach Lewis and Coach Clark, since back, I think, the IOU game was the last we heard from them. Presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The House Speaker is preparing to send an article of impeachment to the Senate, where lawmakers will hold a trial to decide on President Trump's culpability in last week's deadly riot at the Capitol. Correspondent Nancy Cordes. The Senate's Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, says he will not bring the Senate back only for a trial. It's expected to return midweek next week, which means that that phase will only get underway in earnest once President Trump has left office. Dozens of lawmakers are calling for an investigation of visitors milling about the Capitol complex the day before the attack. Virginia Democrat Abigail Spanberger. I have uh, been told that they entered with members of Congress. There are now nearly four times the number of National Guard troops deployed on Capitol Hill than there were in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Just in from Michigan, the state's former health director has been charged with involuntary manslaughter in the deaths of nine people who contracted Legionnaire's disease during the Flint water crisis. Nick Lyon worked for former Governor Rick Snyder, who's facing misdemeanor charges. Lyon pleaded not guilty in Genesee County Court this morning. Coronavirus vaccinations have turned into the hottest ticket in town. Correspondent Cammy McCormick. In Mississippi, where so many people tried to get appointments, they ran out of the vaccine. I was currently 